Opening communications. Initializing Altarian frequency. Establishing connections. Designations. DJ. Dude Link connected. Scotty. Dude Link connected. Raven. Dude Link connected. Jero. Dude Link connected. Vixie. Dude Link unavailable. Kaiser. Dude Link unavailable. Should we do a, let's do a crowdfunding thing for me to get a decent gaming laptop when I'm out of town because, you know, I'm poor. Quit drinking booze. You'd have plenty of money. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> I've actually cut down a lot because I started doing keto diet and go paleo. fucked up off of $8 worth of hard liquor because that's about all you can drink on keto. Well, can't you just get fucked up on $8 of Hard liquor on any kind of hard liquor? <laughs> yeah, any kind, yeah. I mean, yeah, if I drive down to the store and buy $8 worth of liquor, I'm probably going to hate it. I'll probably puke, but I'm pretty sure I'll get toasted. It's true. <laughs> it's just that I really enjoy drinking beer. That's all. I like having the ice cold buds going down the back of my throat. The dog? Like Air Bud? That's fucking gross, bro. What's wrong with that? He likes when it goes down his throat. It's all creamy and smooth. It was after Airbud died that I liked it. Okay. Thinks it's creamy. Doesn't make the thick any too. <laughs> it was thick and icy. The refrigerator was involved, and that's all. Good night, everybody. All right, we're muting again. I muted right. myself, asshole. <laughs> Welcome to the Dude's Valley of Plenty. I'm Raven, and if this is your first time listening. Or if you haven't done so yet, head over to facebook.com slash dudesfromalteria, reddit.com slash r slash dudesfromalteria, and make sure you like and follow us. Fresh from an inn in Vangerberg, we have J-Ro the Offendo. Vangerberg? Really? Vangerberg, Wait, yeah. I'm fucking stuck in the middle of Colorado. Basically. No, Silverthorn. I was in Frisco last night, which is three miles south of where I'm at currently. I had a backtrack to find a damn hotel because i got kicked out my last one escaping from brokelon forest scouty yeah that's not being very successful trapped in eratusa we have dj yep i'm trapped in eratusa what and feel free to join us as we toss a coin to our witcher toss a coin to your witcher why am i trapped in eratusa because you suck i don't know what the hell is eratusa I watched the entire damn season. I don't even know what the fuck it's about. Eratusa's the tower that Yennefer gets trained in. She transports into the basement of Eratusa in the second episode. Is that where she gets banged by the other dude who's trying to be a mage? Well, that's where she meets him, and then later they... that Yes, that's where they bang. Okay, I just remember boobs. And knowing that she was definitely hot, and Hollywood is awesome about making people not hot when they're hot. In case you missed it, this is going to be very spoiler-heavy. DJ, where do we want to start? At the beginning. Let's start with, has Scotty even finished The Witcher? Because we never asked him. <laughs> no, I haven't. Where did you get to? <laughs> really? Really? Dude, I don't know where you guys find time to watch TV. Well, I'm stuck in a fucking motel in the middle of fucking nowhere. I'm sorry, there's going to be a lot of fucks in this episode because, quite frankly, I've been out on the road since Monday. I'm 
done being out here. So it's Friday, and I'm in Silverthorne, Colorado, because I got stuck by damn snow. So I'm a little drunk because I'm tired of being out here. Not to mention that there's a lot in the show, too. Yes, there is, but I'm just so done. I want to go home. Yeah. No, it's all good, but I made it to episode three. Episode three it was the hardest. One, one through three was one of the hardest ones to make it through. After that, it really picked up, and it was pretty damn good. I thought the first episode was pretty good. Yeah, the first one was good. second one dragged, and then it picked up from there. It did, majorly. I got stuck in Rock Springs, Wyoming. It was three hours out of Salt Lake, which is where I am based. The road was closed by the time I got to Rock Springs. I couldn't go any further. It was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I started plowing through The Witcher like, I don't even know if I'm going to like this. Got through episodes 1, 2, and 3, and I went, Ugh, I don't even want to watch this anymore. I switched over to a different show because I was just like, this. I don't even care. And then the next morning, I woke up, found out the roads were still closed and were closed pretty much all day. So I said, you know what? I'm going to finish this. And I finished the entire series the next day. And there were times where I was like, I need to go get some food, but I wouldn't stop watching because it actually started to compel me. So yeah, after episode three, it becomes very, very compelling. And the story's pretty damn good. You're, you're right there, Scotty. Right there. I know. You just got to power through. And I will. Yeah. Just remember boobs. I mean, yeah. I don't know if they thrill you very much. Yeah, there's boobs aplenty, and I definitely enjoy that. So, And there's a lot more. The ugly witch lady, mage, whatever the hell she is. I didn't mind seeing her boobs, even when she was a little physically deformed. I thought that was okay. Yeah, it kind of tripped me up a little bit. I was just kind of like, uh, I don't know about this. It's mostly her jaw. Yeah, the white shattered jaw was like... Her teeth go sideways. You don't want that in her mouth. Because sideways jaw does not seem like something pleasant. I don't know, though. Never had a sideways jaw. Don't knock it until you try it. Ooh. I'd be willing. And then I'd knock it or love it. Whatever. I don't know. First off, what everyone should be aware of is there are multiple timelines going on throughout the show. I heard two, but I counted three. I'm wondering if they're only counting two because one of them is just farther along tied in with another one. Because the the three that I counted was Yennefer, which is about a decade before Geralt. I got Geralt, and this is not how they happen in the show, but it's the order that they take place in. About a decade before Geralt is Yennefer. Then there's Geralt. And then about 15 years after Geralt is uh, starts is... Siri. Yeah. Yeah. The, the princess, the Sintrin princess. And I wonder if they only count two because her story is very closely tied in with Geralt's, and so they only count it as one instead of two. I wasn't sure about that. Yeah, they seem very closely related, so I honestly don't know. But I will be honest, as part of the issue with the first couple episodes I watched was, I was like, are they bouncing back and forth with timelines? It actually took me couple episodes to get that out so yeah that's one of the things i was wondering too when i was watching it i was just like i don't think these are along the same timelines and then talking with dj later about it that was the case is that there's different timelines running in the episodes themselves it took me until about halfway through so episode four to figure out oh they're doing totally different things here but once you get to the end of the season 
it all lines up to a point you're like, oh, okay, now I understand it. It felt like a situation where they're purposely trying to say, you need to watch it and then go back and rewatch it. Yeah, because it starts off with Siri until the town gets raised. Right. And then it jumps to Geralt, and then it'll jump to Yennefer, and then it'll jump back to Siri, but before it was attacked. And honestly, the problem I had with that is that Siri and her mother, they cast some chicks that look ridiculously identical. So I literally had an IMDb that shit to go, wait a minute, these aren't the same people, right? And that's when I was like, okay, one is the daughter of the other. That's when I was able to finally put it together. So on the story writing situation, I think it's pretty damn good because I was confused as fuck. But by the time I got to the end of it, I was like, okay, I got to go back and rewatch it. And then I'll actually understand the story itself. For those whose only experience is the video games, the series is actually based on the books that come before the events of the video game. Is it the series or the first season? As far as I know, the first season is based off of like the first two books. The first season is based off his collection of short stories, which was the first two books. Yeah. Okay. I've never played the Witcher series, so I don't have any idea. And the rest of the series is supposed to go through the other five books if they complete all of them. But ultimately, it'll never go into the games because the writer of the books doesn't consider the games part of the canon because they were created by somebody else later on as an unofficial sequel. It's just somebody else's interpretation of how the story would continue after where he... In the video games, the bard that you always run into, his name is Dandelion, which the books, they're not written in English uh, originally, so I think they're Polish. And Yaskir in Polish is a beautiful yellow flower so that gets translated to dandelion so that they are supposed to be the same character okay so i do have one very important question on that is it dandy lion or dan the lion it's the yellow weed flower that's in your front yard no 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 no. are we referring to dan the lion or dandy lion it's very important because one is clearly gay if they're calling him dandy lion well he is a bard i know that's not the point Well, I'm just saying he's a bard, so it's probably dandy. I mean, just saying, like, bards are dandy. Yes, they are. I think in the game they pronounce it Dan the Lion. So Dan the Lion, essentially? Yeah, Dan okay. the. Soft eye, not hard eye. That's interesting, because I don't see a bard being anywhere near close to being the lion. My fault is I didn't take notes. Usually I take notes, and I put it in the one note so that I have it up on my screen. And I didn't do it with The Witcher, so I'm like... Reading some things to refresh my memory. Yeah, you don't even know what Brokilon Forest is. Is that where Yennefer is? No, Yennefer never goes to Brokilon. Okay, so that's in later episodes then. Yeah. Okay. Brokilon Forest is where Ciri goes to hide when she gets out of Sintra. Sintra gets raised and she escapes and then meets up with some survivors. Which, we don't have to go into that. She ends up getting to... Uh, Brokilon Forest and the Dryads there try to help her by getting her to forget all of her. Yeah, that special roofie involved and yeah, roofies, tree people. The series hiding in the Brokilon Forest. Yeah, Brokilon Forest. Brokilon Forest is being protected by a group of Amazon type warrior women called the Dryads. Yep. And Dryads are tree spirits or tree nymphs that inhabit forest areas. Second, gotcha. It's episodes ahead of where I'm at. Renfrey's statement that did you hear about in the first episode of 
the girl in the forest always being with him or will mm-hmm. always be with him is a reference to Siri. As the story progresses, you find out that for the better part of her timeline, Siri's in one forest or another. Then you find out why she's always going to be with him. Why it's such a prophetic statement. Gotcha. We can ruin for you. Yeah. Like, I'm still going to watch all of the episodes. I guess I can act like a bystander or something like that, where I can ask (laughs) questions and get more details and more of your thoughts so that when I actually do watch the rest of the episodes, I can be like, okay, I can see where you guys are going with that because I would assume they're going to do a second season. Yes, but it's not scheduled to come out until like next year. Okay. That's lame. Yep. The Fall of Sintra actually emphasized something to me that I noticed as a trend. The people who produced the show have no damn clue how medieval combat and like battlefields actually operated. Find out that the dudes are coming. And what does the queen do? She takes her entire army out into a field and meets with them to fight. Her army gets decimated and now she's got nobody left to protect the castle. That's not how it worked. Medieval combat, they fortified the castle and the enemy had to lay siege to that shit. And it took weeks or months for them to break those defenses. I was going to say that was kind of, it felt off that entire battle scene. Because it's just like, this is all the people that we have. This is the army that we're fighting up against. And then when they got back to the castle and it's just like the five of them, I was really confused. I'm like, this is not how castle, it's just not how the battles are fought in the medieval times. Part of it was that she was trying to protect Siri. So she wanted Siri protected from, no, from even knowing about it. But still, the best way to have protected Siri would have been to let them come to the gates and fortify the stupid castle. And for a character who was supposed to be some sort of military badass, she should have known, like, that's not a battle you can win out in a field, with or without your allies' navy coming. Also, she was trying to protect Siri from Geralt, which, you learn later, was part of that whole situation, too. Yeah, she had Geralt captured in the dungeon at that point. And then here's that the was her thing. fallback. The next thing is the tunnel, the escape tunnel that Siri uses at the end takes her into the middle of the damn city. That's not how a Royal's escape tunnel from the castle is going to work. It's going to take them a mile outside of the city to some hillside that nobody even knows exists. Well, preface that though, she's supposed to have a wizard with her as well. The wizard or no, That was a path that was specifically meant to get the queen and her people out of the castle in the case that the castle was being overtaken. And it took them into the city where the sieging army controlled. That's not how an escape route would work for a castle like that. Right. So we agreed that part was crap. But Calanthe's whole thoughts at that point was not only would Siri have a wizard with her, she would also ideally in that situation have Geralt with her. Her plan was that he would not escape the the dungeon where she locked him up. Right. My point is that escape route existed long before. Yeah. Bad plan. All of this plan was even put into place when they designed the whole thing. That escape route would have taken them somewhere that was a safe way to escape. Well, and it could be that when it was designed initially, it did. No, it'd be like in Game of Thrones where 
the escape route from the palace took them down to that one tiny ass beach where they could load up on a small ship and escape out into the bay and you would see them. That's the kind of escape route that you'd have in a castle. You wouldn't have something where it's like, it's not just that. It's also the battle at the last castle at the end of the show. Yeah, that, that was messed up. We're fighting. We're defending this castle. Now let's take our army outside of the gate. Yes, we're mages, but we're going to take our army outside of the gate to fight the enemies instead of stay behind the gates and the walls and do everything we can to defend until our allies can show up. That was only supposed to be part of them. What do you mean it was only supposed to be part of them? There's only supposed to be a uh, harassing force outside with defenders. Yeah, but the harassing force was the majority of the mages that were protecting the place. Well, just the strong ones. Yeah, all of the good ones went outside. Not, not to mention that there weren't that many of them to begin with. There was, what, one boatload? Right. Which is why all of the mages should have stayed inside. Not that it mattered, because the traitor was inside with... No, the traitor... The worms came... Oh, you're talking about what's-his-name. I'm talking about the traitor. And yeah, it's what's-his-name. That doesn't sit well with me. It didn't sit well with me in the books, and it doesn't sit well with me now. I haven't read the books. I gotta go read them. What's in the books? The traitor I'm talking about is actually a spy who's worked for the bad guys the entire time. And I get the bad guys really want to win this battle. And for some reason, they use their spy to convince the mages and witches to send a force to this battle to help the people defend this keep. I guess in the books, it ends up leading to the mage and witch brotherhood order, whatever, actually falling apart and being destroyed. Brotherhood of mages? Yeah. In later books, they end up getting destroyed. And so I guess this is like the first step on their path to destruction. But in the show, the way it's framed is like the commander who's in charge of the enemy army is all pissed off because all these mages showed up. And then the mage who's in charge of the mages in the enemy army is pissed off because all these mages showed up. Like they had no damn clue that there was a spy in there and that this was all part of the plan because they're like getting mad at each other because like, oh, now we have to deal with these freaking mages and go out and win this battle. But the commander that's been after Siri the whole time, he was not surprised. But he was still mad that they were there. But he's like, come on, dude, you gotta do your job. What was the point to him convincing the mages to go out there? Maybe that'll get explained in season two. I don't know. But to me, it just feels like a plot hole where somebody wasn't thinking things through. It would be different if it was, he was just one of the mages that got recruited to go out there and he could see that they were going to go out there regardless and he joined the mission to sabotage it. I think there's a lot more to Hilgo Force than what we know right now in the series. There might be more in the books, but I haven't read them. Oh, and the other thing I learned, or I realized later, is apparently the dude, the commander of the enemy army, I was under the impression that he was the emperor, but he's not. Yeah, I got that feel too, Kahir. Yeah, I was left with the impression that he was the emperor. Okay, I, th I think I got it. I think he's supposed to be the Emperor, but he's trying to fight against the Usurper, which is where that confusion comes in. Because there's, there's the Usurper who came in and usurped Nilfgaard. Right. And so the Usurper usurped Nilfgaard before Ciri was born. And by this point, the true Emperor has already killed the Usurper and taken back his throne. They leave you to think Kahir is going to be the emperor that has taken back his throne, but he's just one of the dude's generals. In the books, he's the character who actually captures Ciri and tries to take her to the emperor. 
that's his whole driving goal in the books is to protect Siri so that he can get her to the emperor. And then as time goes on, he decides that he doesn't want to give her to the emperor anymore. I'm not sure what the actual reason behind it is. I'm thinking that episode where there was the changeling that found out some dark secret. Oh, yeah. That they didn't tell you what the dark secret was. I thinking whatever that dark secret is, is what's going to end up causing him to decide that he's not taking Siri. Well, I think now at the end of season one, Siri is with Geralt. There's going to be a hard time getting her away now. Not really. Actually, yeah, let's talk about that. Where they're heading for season two. Oh. He's heading home. Yeah. He was straight up on his way back to where he first started. I can't remember the name of the place right now. Care Morhan. Yeah. And she's going with him. So. Where she should get some training in the ways of the Witcher. Only they can't. For whatever reason, they can't do the mutations anymore, so she won't have all the Witcher abilities, but she has her own power. Yeah, what happened with the sacking of Kaer Morhan? I don't know. Because I don't think that was ever really mentioned, other than since the sacking of Kaer Morhan, they can't make any more. Yeah, they've never explained what actually happened. I'm hoping they explain it in later seasons. I'm not sure if it's explained in the books. What I have read of the books, they haven't explained that. From what I remember hearing about it, the sacking happened way before Geralt, even. So then they had, uh, knowledge-wise and material-wise, they only had enough material for a fixed amount and not the knowledge to make more of the uh, mutations. So that might be part of it. That could be very possible. There should be Geralt's trainer. The guy who raised Geralt should be in the second one when they get to Kermorhan. That should happen. And I think there's an Instagram or Twitter petition to have Mark Hamill play that role. Dude, Mark <laughs> Hamill being the mentor he was always meant to be. That would be awesome to see. Play, playing the role of a witcher who's done witching, done being a witcher, and essentially retired into a training role. That could be cool. Because he's just gotten too slow to be out in the field. And so passing his knowledge on that way. What happens when a witcher becomes too slow? They die. I do like the name of the Sintran wizard. I did get a kick out of that. Yeah, I want to know what happened to him. He died. Oh, yeah, he did die. I forgot about that part. Yeah. With the changeling. Yeah. Yeah, Mousak is no more. And I'm still not sure how to pronounce his name, because they say it a few different ways in the show. Hey, the way it is. Like, different characters say it different ways. I'm hoping for some really cool stuff in season two. I'm hoping to hear more of Henry Cavill's range in saying the word fuck there's a lot of it he can express himself with that one word just using that one word he can let you know exactly how he feels and he does it in different ways like oh i fucked up oh fuck <laughs> fuck not again i shouldn't have done that it's happening again why yeah i want to learn more about his on again off again relationship with tris i hear that's actually a thing I'm not sure. I think it is, yeah. But I think it was one of those things that ends once the real story begins. Like, this season was basically just a prologue. Yeah. It was an eight-hour prologue of, let's get all of the pieces together, introduce you to the characters, and now... I did like the opening part with the symbols. Uh, the different symbols kind of were 
showing what was going on in the episode or who was mostly involved in the episode. And they evolved throughout the series until at the very end, at the last episode, they all morph into one unified glyph that is showing series tied with Geralt, who's tied with uh, Yennefer. I don't remember that. It's only like... I'll go back and watch it later, look at it. I just remember it all coming together to show the white wolf symbol. I don't remember it showing them all tied together. Episode 8 at about 7 minutes in. A a little more than 7 minutes, but right about the 7 minutes. But it brings all 8 opening glyphs, and they all break apart and rotate and come together to the big, ultimately being the white wolf with the uh, sparrow and the moon. Okay, yeah, I remember that now. And the sparrow's supposed to be Siri with the moon being Yennefer and the wolf being Geralt all tied together in one glyph. I remember that now. I forgot that the sparrow and the moon were also in the glyph. But the merging is pretty epic. It's pretty sweet. The whole series is really good. It drags in some spots. The only place I really noticed it was episode two. Yeah, episode two. After episode two, it like gains ground really quick and the story moves along and the timelines start coming together to my delight because I enjoyed it. Uh, it's what, like episode five, I think, is where Yennefer and Geralt storylines meet up. Yep. And everything after that is um, each of the, it's all in line with each other. Not quite all in line with each other. It's Geralt and Yennefer working toward the fall of Sintra. But it's Geralt and Yennefer's timelines are together. Yeah. And they move with each other. And then everything with Siri is just forward of that until episode eight, where everything comes together. Really, episode seven is where everything comes together. They'll flashback to first episode with the fall of Sintra. And they'll go to before it and tell a little bit of Geralt's story leading up to where he was during the first episode with the Fall of Sintra. Yeah. They tie that together. They start showing Geralt's side of the story of the Fall of Sintra and him going and warning the queen. And trying to do his duty. Telling her, I will take the girl because that's what fate wants me to do. And the queen, knowing damn well that she should let him take the girl because that's what fate wants him to do. And she knows what happened the last time she challenged fate. And Mousesack straight up tells her, like, if you challenge fate, it's going to be the end of your kingdom. During it, he's like, you know what? He's right here. If we can just get them together, fate may still smile upon us. And she's like, no, fuck you. No. No, I'm going to be the same stupid person I was. The last time that Geralt taught me the lesson that I need to pay attention to what fate wants. If I remember correctly. Overall, though, series is good. The writing is pretty good. The pacing is unbalanced. The special effects were really good. The music was good. The bard was epic. Yeah, Joey Beatty. He, he did a very good job. The only one of the actor, two actors, the two actors that I didn't really like in the show was the chick who played Yennefer. Something specifically about the way that she played the character, the way her acting method showed. Uh, and then the Queen of Sintra, her actress just pissed me off. I don't know why. Her attitude pissed me off. Well, her attitude pissed me off. The way they wrote her pissed me off. Just how stupid she was pissed me off when she was supposed to be this great queen 
And then she takes her entire damn army outside of the walls when she should be preparing them for a siege. In the beginning, didn't bother me at all. But once it got to the point of episode four with the ball and the challenging of fate first time. Yeah. Oh, my dad's calling me. Hold on a second. So how old are the Witcher books? Let me look that up. Yeah, I was trying to find it, but I guess the keywords I'm searching for is not helping me find like when these books came out. I was just curious. Okay, so 1993. Oh, so you did find it? Yeah. Um, it wasn't converted to English until 2007. So this is not the first take on The Witcher. So the first take is actually a Polish film called The Hexor. The Hexor? Hang on, I'm going to post a trailer for it. It's in Polish, by the way. Noticed with the <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> first comment that I see on this is toss a coin to your dot 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 special effects department. <laughs> Person that they picked to be the Witcher looks on point. I guess this movie was out before the games maybe as well. Oh yeah. It <laughs> Oh the dragon's amazing. <laughs> Alright, I'm back. Welcome back. What I miss. We found the Hexer, which was the first take on The Witcher. It's a Polish film. Oh, yeah. Like, you actually found it to watch? No, not yet. Okay. I agree that special effects department needs some help, because that dragon is hilarious. Guys, <laughs> guys I found it. <laughs> the Witcher. The full version. I'll check it in just a second. Yeah, that is it. So we found the reading schedule for uh, the Witcher series by that cow. <laughs> Because it's using characters of the alphabet that don't exist in my language. Because it's Polish, and I don't speak nor read Polish. So, Sapkowski, Mr. Sapkowski. And the chronological order to read them in is The Last Wish, uh, a short story collection. The Sword of Destiny, short story collection. And then, you begin with the novels in the order of Blood of Elves, Time of Contempt. Baptism of Fire, The Tower of Swallows, Lady of the Lake. Speaking of Blood of Elves, I really want to know more about the story of Sintra killing the elves. Yeah, what's up with that? Like, where in the timeline did that land? That didn't make sense. Because Geralt would have had it. Yeah, in his timeline, he met the King of the Elves. Like, it just made no sense. But that was after they were essentially exiled. Yeah. So it might have been before that. That's the thing, is like, where in the timeline had... It already happened, or was the purge something that happened after the Queen of Sintra learned from Geralt that he never actually killed the elves, like the song said? Did she go up there to kill them because he failed to kill them? Because they could not be. Yep. I did like when he's writing the song. He's like, "I want to, I want to change their perception. I want to make you into the good guy that you are. So I'm going to write this song, and this is how I'm going to do it." And he starts singing the song. He's like. That's not how it happened. Where's your newfound respect? Max doesn't pay the bills. Most of their money problems were caused by the bard. I also like the episode when he gets eaten by the monster and it's all like, oh yeah, I know. The villager comes in and he's telling this story about how he was out with Geralt and he's like, then the monster came up from underneath and he ate him. Okay. Okay. I like where he's like, I love, I love this. Geralt's always so stingy on the details. I'm loving this. <laughs> then what happened? He died. No, no, he's totally fine. I was there. <laughs> what is that all over you? Guts. I had to get it from the inside. Oh, gee, he was fine. Yep. 
I would have loved to actually see that fight. That would be a good one to see. There's a couple of fights that they skip over. It is episode two that Yaskir makes his entrance. Oh yeah, that yeah. was Geralt's story in episode two was them getting captured by the elves, right? Yeah, then it's towards the end. Yaskir comes out with Philavandril's loot. Great cleansing came bef- before they get captured. Okay. Because I'm watching the last six minutes right now. And he's like, he already survived the great cleansing once. He can do it again. So do you think we have enough content? No. No. Because we got so derailed. Well, I guess that's what we're going to just have to go with. Yeah. Do something, I guess, quick and dirty. I'm just saying, it's surprisingly not as spoilery as I was expecting. Yeah, I tried not to mention character names and stuff like that to avoid spoiling which characters do what. Like when I was talking about the traitor, I was specifically trying not to say the character's name so that yeah, now you know there's a traitor, but you don't know who the traitor is. I guess you will when you watch the episode and you're like, oh, he's the one who's pushing for them to go and fight, so he must be the traitor he was talking about. And yeah, this makes no fucking... Yeah, I think it's time to wrap it up. Joey Beatty does have a good voice. That's not wrapping it up. We should watch this movie. <laughs> and do a, do a review next week. Do a shitty movie review on it. You know what? Before we talk about that, let us... See you later, dudes. Later, dudes. Later, dudes. Alrighty, that's this week's Dudes Cast. Thank you for swinging by and come on by again to see what crazy ideas we come up with next week. Head over to facebook.com slash dudesfromalteria or reddit.com slash r slash dudesfromalteria. Give us a like or follow. Or head over to dudesfromalteria.com. Look at our merch and drop us a suggestion for where we could go from here. We have a Patreon at patreon.com slash dudesfromalteria. Maybe drop us two dollars. Or go for our new Tier 2, which gives you the power to recommend movies for us to cover in the future. Have a good weekend. See you later, dudes. Dude Link terminated.